This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. We're coming up on Christmas. How crazy is it that, that it's almost Christmas time? I mean, people are out and about, and I know we're in this COVID season. But let me tell you something, that didn't stop people yesterday from going out to shop and get their um, Christmas list done. And, and I know this time of year, typically what we have is the streets are always busier. Um, you know, I'm beginning with Black Friday, and, and it usually starts the Christmas season. And if you're like me, though, Christmas started before Halloween because you had your trees up and you decorated your house, right? So I love Christmas. This year, though... Things have been a little bit different. You know, Christmas shopping still brought the traffic jams, the no parking places, the crowded malls, um, the, con- uh, the congested interstates, the busy restaurants, the fast-paced culture that we're so used to. But this year has seemed different in the sense that I've seemed to enjoy the just peace of it all. I've seemed to this year just sit back and and... I enjoy getting in the car with the kids and riding around the neighborhoods and watching the Christmas lights. And, and I've had more time this year to enjoy the season other than the one day yesterday we had an absolute madhouse. And, but I, I really believe that God's intention for the Christmas season this year was for us to sit back and just to rest, to relax, and to enjoy. But I often wonder if... All this business, all, all, all of the busyness, if that's how Joseph and Mary felt when they approached the outskirts of, you know, um, Bethlehem. If, as they drew near, this typically sleepy village has now been wide awake for days. And the um, mandatory census of Rome has created an economic boom for the, the merchants. And there are thousands of new people in the city and this little town cannot process the heavy traffic the mules the wooden wagons the camels the goats the baggage and there's lots of baggage and every room in the inn is filled to capacity and Joseph and Mary they make it and their journey is far from over. It's far from complete. They, they aren't even married yet. They, they were betrothed, which means they were engaged. She's a virgin, but she's pregnant, you know, very pregnant. And the journey that led them to this place is the prelude to the greatest story ever told. Our text today is found in Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse number 18. And I want to invite you to join there with me as we... Um, talk about this message today that where we're going to be looking at the perspective of a young Mary. We're going to be looking at the perspective of a young Joseph. And I want to call this message today, Did Mary Really Know? And I want you to pray with me and, and ask that the Lord be with us there in this message today. Lord God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be in the house, for this opportunity to be be in your presence, God. I, I feel you in this place, God, Lord, as I've been praying and preparing for this morning. And God, I pray that this message go forth today, that it speak to somebody, and that somebody might hear the message and, 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 and want to invite you into their heart, God, Lord. I just, I just thank you for, for this ability today to just worship you. 
God, I ask that you'd be my mouth as I speak today. God, I, I ask you that for everybody watching online, Lord, that you open up their mind to know, their ear to hear, their eyes to see the truth of your word. God, Lord, allow this message. Don't let it be about me, God, but let it be about speaking your word and allow this to transform our hearts so we can be close to be like you. God, I, I, I just want to obey your word today. And it's in your name I pray. And everybody at home said, Amen. So Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse number 18. This is what the Bible says. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name of Jesus. You know, we've been in this series on the end times, on what's next. And I know the, the title of this sermon is not what's next, but it has a what's next theme. You know, as we kind of enter this Christmas season, I want to make sure that we know about this baby boy who came and was born in a manger to die for us, to forgive us of our sin. You know, several years ago, there was a song that was written, Mary, Did You Know? It was co-written by two very popular Christian artists, one being Mark Lowry, one of the most hilarious guys you'll ever listen to. If you've never listened to Mark Lowry, you need to pull him up and you need to listen to him. But this song, Mary, Did You Know? It's one of the most moving pieces of Christian music written in the past years. It's, it's so contemplative. It's something that we ponder. It's, it's, um, it's so profoundly accurate uh, within the word and what it says. The song asks a young Virgin Mary some unimaginable questions as she holds her creator in her arms. She you know, some have even questioned the lyrics to the song and argue that Mary did know because the angel told her. And you know, the angel did tell her, but did the angel tell her everything? Yes, she knew the baby was special. Yes, she knew something about the baby was divine. The angel, if scripture is all that was said, if that's all that we know that the angel told her, then what the angel did was he gave an overview of the situation, but he didn't go into detail of everything that the child would have to go through. And, and listen, it's a different perspective when you're talking about a mother. 
This wasn't just any child. This was her child. It, he, he was a child she would carry, that she would raise, that she would teach, that she would protect, that she would hold while he cried himself to sleep at night. This was the baby that she would feed. This was her baby. It was her child. And it would then become her teenager and her young adult. And she would have to watch him take his last breath on the cross. Mary knew this child was the one because the angel told her, but it was still her child. I don't think people question if Mary knew the end game. She, she knew, but did she know the gravity of what the angel was talking about? Did she grasp in the moment of all that was to happen? Mary was able to sit front row and see the prophecy come to life. I want you to listen to these questions that the song, Mary, Did You Know, asks. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Something that had never been done before, and it would be her child. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? And he would do that by giving his own life. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? That the child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. And I want you to think about it, how rich of lyrics is it in that song. It's the essence of Christmas. Almighty God became a baby to be brought forth nine months later with an angel in, in, in the most humble of surroundings. Think about it. The Lord of all creation would come to a little Mary. You can't tell me this morning that Mary knew it all, every detail. All the good with all the bad. Had she known from the beginning the whole story, the weight of redemption would have been on her shoulders. But she wasn't tasked with, with redeeming mankind. She was just entrusted with raising the one who was. This baby boy would grow up to change the world. Did Mary know? Of course she knew something was special. But she was able to see all the prophecy come to pass and the power of his life. And let me tell you about life for just a minute. Life, all life is sacred. All life. At no point is any life more or less sacred. What if Joseph had been so embarrassed by the situation that he ordered the baby to be done with? No. What Joseph did was he showed compassion. When the baby was born, the king was given sovereign deity, listen, who spoke the universe into existence, now lied in a wooden trough beneath the very stars that he created himself. We can't completely contemplate the essence of this wonder did Mary know that the very stars she sat under were made through him that her very existence was because life was breathed through the child that she carried so our text takes us to this moment Mary while yet a virgin was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And this is what our text confirms in verse number 18. And this prophecy, like more than half of all the prophecies recorded in Scripture, has already been fulfilled, literally, just as God said it would be. Isaiah chapter 9 says it like this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Now, there's a difference in those two words, and we're going to get that in um, just a moment. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. 
prince of peace. A child is born, but a son is given. That is this, the son. The son didn't come into being in Mary's womb. But in Mary's womb, that's where the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Although a child was born, the son has always existed as the second person of the Trinity. That's why the son was given and not born. A child is born, but a son is given. It's talking about how in that moment the son became flesh as a baby. When the text says that Mary and Joseph were betrothed, that it's what we commonly think of as an engagement. But the Jewish um, um, engagement was a lot different. And we talked about it just a couple weeks ago in, in um, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And, and it's, it's more contractually binding than just an engagement. It, it required a certificate of divorce to break it off. Betrothed couples were often referred to as husband and wife, as the text indicates. They, they didn't live together during this phase, which lasted a year. It was during the year uh, uh, that there's during this year where they were apart when Mary became pregnant. She was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Now put yourself in the shoes of Mary. Knowing she had not betrayed Joseph. But now has to explain to him why she's pregnant. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a just man who didn't want to embarrass Mary by making a public spectacle of what he must have surely perceived as maybe her not being completely honest with him or maybe even cheating on him. I don't want you to minimize that aspect. Joseph was no fool. He wasn't dumb. The the Bible doesn't tell us that Joseph was a gullible man willing to believe the most incredulous things. No, Joseph was a just man not wanting to make her a public example. But even as God intervened in Mary's life, listen now, he also stepped into Joseph's life and prepared him for the miraculous events that were swirling around them. Now now put your feet in the shoes of Joseph, who was tasked at, at showing compassion to Mary and raising this son he called Jesus, teaching skills and teaching a trade. He would teach this boy how to work on his feet and how to craft with his hands. And little did he know that it would be through his son's hands and feet that a Savior would die for you and me. We have here a man who is ready to handle this delicate situation with as much compassion as the law would allow. Had Joseph known all the details of his son's death, he might have tried to shelter the boy. He might have tried to protect the boy. But let me tell you something. He wasn't tasked with doing that. He was just entrusted with showing compassion to a boy that would one day show it as a king when he hung on the cross and forgave everyone, including the one who had crucified him you see because whenever God begins to do something wonderful in a life in this case through Mary and through Joseph that work is often accompanied by confusion a disorientation misunderstanding on the part of others you see God is not the author of confusion but neighbors and bystanders are often the publishers of it so God condemns the gossip and he abhors the rumor mill see for Joseph he felt betrayed by this woman that he loved I know this because the text says 
He was minded to put her away privately. Privately. Can I highlight that word? Privately, not publicly. And I think our culture today can learn a lot from that. That social media is not the place to talk about people. Joseph didn't have to do any of this. He, he could have made this an ugly public divorce. Yet Mary was right in the center of God's will for her life. Yes, even in that awkward, embarrassing moment. She couldn't explain it. She had to trust. You and I might not ever experience what this couple faced. But sometimes, listen now church, God's will can put you in the most uncomfortable of circumstances before you know what he's doing. And sometimes he doesn't even disclose that. Joseph must have gotten to a place where he could be alone. Privately. Where he would have to just go through the narrative and, and say, God, is this really real? What's happening here? Did she cheat on me? Why is she pregnant? I know what she's told me, but it's, it's a hard story to believe, God. I think Joseph might have tried to get to a place where he could untangle the mess of what seemed to be the abrupt end to his engagement to Mary. I want you to look again at verse number 20. Matthew 1, verse 20, it said, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Considering what Joseph had been through, I'm intrigued that the angel told Joseph not to be afraid. Of all of the emotions one might feel in this situation, Joseph's first emotion was fear. And let me tell you something. It speaks volumes to the character of him, doesn't it? The angel could have said, don't be angry at Mary. The angel could have said, don't feel betrayed by Mary. Or the angel could have said, don't be eaten up with jealousy because of Mary. No, the angel said, do not be afraid, Joseph. What a testimony to his composure and to his godliness. I think the main reason why Joseph was chosen in this story was because of his character. And the thing I know about character is this, is that talent may get people in the door, but it's character that keeps them there. Joseph had character. And the passage says, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Though Mary is pregnant, she is still a virgin. She's still pure. Never before, never since, never again. This is God's sign. Joseph, this is a miracle like none other. If you go to verse number 21, she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. Mary brought forth the Son, God's Son. The sinless God-man was placed in the middle of a corrupt world. A world full of hurt. A world full of pain. And this world, listen church, it's not just this, that world. He came for this world too. This was his reason for coming. He knew this would happen. Everything that's happening today, he knew that it would happen. And he knew that a sacrifice was needed to redeem mankind. He saved his people once for sin. And he has promised that one day he will come back to rescue us and welcome us to heaven. 
He came for people like Mary. He came for people like Joseph. He came for people like Barabbas. He came for people like Herod. He came for people like you. And he came for people like me. Mary, oh Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? That when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. So what did Joseph do? He Look at verse 22. As all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus As Christians, we have so much to celebrate in our faith through our Lord Jesus Christ. But we must never allow the celebration of the nativity story to eclipse the agony of Calvary. Most of the world loves a little baby in a manger. Babies don't really make anybody upset, but oh, how their opinions change when they hear the commands of Christ. Their intolerance goes away with the tinsel and lights, but Jesus didn't stay in the manger. Listen, he grew up and became a man, completely God, completely human. He preached, he taught, he invited, he bewildered, and even made some mad. You see, and in Jerusalem, the same crowds who were at one time waving palm branches and shouting, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, were seven days later shouting, crucify him, give us Barabbas. The long and noisy road to Calvary began in the quiet serenity of Bethlehem. The shadow of the cross loomed over the peaceful bed of hay. But Jesus Christ was no less innocent when they nailed him to the cross than he when he was wrapped in a manger. He was innocent, but what did he do? He chose to be a sacrifice for all of mankind because he knew his purpose. His purpose was for you and his purpose was for me. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nation? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. You see, the consummation of Christmas is found in Easter. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Can you hear it? It's echoes of the cross, even on his birth announcement. It was God's plan. It was Christ's purpose. He was born to die for sins he never committed. 
But for our sake, what the Bible says is he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, this morning there was nothing accidental about the cross. The cross was never plan B for God. It was his plan of redemption before the foundation of the world. It was foreshadowed by an animal sacrifice in the Old Testament. God's perfect lamb without blemish became the sacrifice for sin. His last words on the cross meant paid in full. No other foundation can be laid than that which is laid, which is the faith of Jesus Christ our Lord. And then notice his other name given in the text, Emmanuel, God with us. I've always wanted to travel to to, um, Europe. I'm a little jealous of those who have and I understand that one of the most interesting of London's ancient cemeteries is a place called Bunhill Fields. There rest men like um, Charles Wesley and Isaac Watson, Daniel Defoe, the author of Robinson Crusoe. The cemetery is often called the Westminster Abbey of Nonconformity for they were all evangelical nonconformists to the Church of England. But directly across from the ancient graveyard is the chapel of John Wesley and the house in which he lived and he died. And just before his death on March 2nd, 1791, John Wesley opened his eyes and exclaimed in a strong, clear voice, the best of all is God is with us. God is with us. And that church is what Bethlehem proclaimed to the world when they called him Emmanuel. That God is with us. You know, in closing this morning, the real joy of Christmas is not to be found in the lights and tinsel, but in the one for whom the season exists. The one who said, I am the resurrection and and the life. For he who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And to wrap this up, I want to turn this question in a different direction. Did Mary know? I think she had an idea. But I think it was made real to her as it played out in her life. The Bible even says in Luke chapter 1, it says, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. and, And she, who was said to be unable... To conceive is in her sixth month. And this is what it says, and I want you to listen. For no word from God will ever fail. Can I encourage you this morning that no word from God will ever fail? And it says, Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her, meaning this. Mary knew the beginning. Mary knew the end. She knew what the purpose was. Did she know the detail in between? No. But did it matter? She said, I'm the Lord's servant. 
May your word to me be fulfilled. My question today isn't really did Mary know. I think most of you know that. But my question today is easy. It's do you know? Has, has the one born in a manger been born in your heart? I know for many of you watching, he has indeed. And I pray that if he hasn't, that you would settle that question once and for all right now. We know the story. We, we know what happens. We, we know who wins. What, what have we done with the information he has given us? The same one that conquered sin and death walked out of an empty tomb. He can also walk into your heart right now. Jesus is still in the business of saving sinners. That's why he came. That's why he was born in a manger. He's God's lamb. So today, remember as you drive throughout the busy streets and all the signs of the commercial Christmas with the noise and crowds and hassles, that this is precisely the way it was in the little town of Bethlehem the night that Jesus was born. Same noisy crowds, same busy streets. They were all converging for a census. And the sign, the world continues to hang outside their homes. There's no room in the inn. And I'm asking you today as we sing this last song that you make room for him today. Invite him to be the Lord of your life.
know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations. Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? The sleepy child, your holy, is the she knew the question is do you know do you know that that baby born died for you and as I close in prayer today I want to remind you that you know you can you you can give online you can do your tithes you can mail them in you can do all that that's and uh, it's not the important thing the important thing is do you know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior if you don't today, and when I pray, would you invite him to be the Lord of your life? 